0: Rock and roll. Kia ora everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Another episode of Rebet Live. Finishing off the week, just before everyone goes into another three days of probably what's been similar to the last three weeks or four weeks. It is the bro, Nickel Rivershanka. How are you, mate? Ooh, 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 ooh. Very do you like, good. Do you like thank that you. hype up for, the, for v- Vector, Chief Digital Officer? Do you just like flex on him? Yeah, when you walk Can you like flex on him? Flex on <laughs> I'll
1: take my um, uh, robe off.
0: I do, I do like how you've just crafted the the angling to just hide the peloton bike and the and the Black Panther thing. But I can I can hit this and then bam, there it is. Oh. And <laughs> a, a, a bad, <laughs> I've been waiting to do that because I knew you'd do that. But what's dope? We we're just talking about is it's signed not by Chadwick but by
1: the the editor of the movie.
0: <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the power mover behind the power moves. I like it. Um obviously we we're having a quick chat before you say if your bubble's good. Um, but yes. as the chief digital officer for a company, which has a lot to do with digital and energy and tech, I'm imagining your, um, your ears are probably sore of headphones for 12 hours, back to back of zoom calls, jumping to jumping. How are you, how are you doing? How are you coping? How's the, how's the mental headspace of so much noise and craziness? How are you doing?
1: Yeah. You, you know, it's been, it's, it's, genuinely been really good Uh, i've had conversations with a bunch of people who know me quite well and they've all made a comment that said wonder how you were going to deal with the situation because you know you're always out there uh talking to people and you know in in workshops and that type of uh activity right but actually slotted in just fine um this transition from level four to level three means uh we have an obligation as vector to get it absolutely spot on because we have a lot of people out in the field at the moment uh, not just on the electricity side but on some of our other businesses as well lpg and metering and so on um, so a lot of work at the moment is to just get us to 11 59 pm on monday in the right shape um, and that's keeping a bunch of us busy we're also looking at as everybody else is, large corporate or a small business obviously different impacts depending on the sector you're in you know just scenario map modeling, right? Understanding what the organization would look like if we were in various different sort of lockdown levels and what that means from a people perspective, and so on. And also in my job, I've a uh, an incredible team, and part of that uh, responsi responsibility is to make sure they're all doing well. Um, so this almost forces you to take that leadership responsibility very explicitly and mm. not just rely on corridor conversations and so on you know um so mm. uh it's been good um it's going well
0: yes um it's a it's always going to be a challenge when if you put the amount of you know output and responsibility that you've had any shoulders for last month that's one thing then if you then put every single decision maker not in the same room that's then another thing <laughs> how is the um How's the how's the mental bandwidth been?
1: Uh, yeah, it's sort of context switching is a is a real issue, right? Um, I don't multitask very well, so uh, we, we've there's been a lot of context switching happening. But also, you know, the positive is coming out of this. And I was on a call with my boss uh, this afternoon, and one of the things we were talking about is. Uh, Just listing down the things we just want to bank and keep doing as we go into the future, right? Even outside of lockdown, because there's so many positives. You know, we're meeting as an exec team uh, once every two days. Um, And, you know, it's short, sharp, to the point there is no real opportunity to uh, overanalyze a situation or, you know, uh, or or distract the, the conversation with things that aren't necessarily as important. So your materiality filter goes up. Uh, you know how you prioritize activity becomes sharper. Um, so yeah, mental bandwidth's fine. Um, uh, it, it's just you know, for me, the situation. What I really worry about for organizations like ours is the ability to deal with a second or a third crisis while you're dealing with this one. Um, mm. And and I think that's when the rubber really hits the road. We've we've. Done really, really well in terms of keeping the lights on and keeping operations going in in this sort of level four environment. But you know two weekends ago we were expecting a very large storm to hit Auckland, for example, right? And it was preparing for all of that in this context, which was which was a real novel challenge, and everyone's up for it, right? That's why we do jobs like this. so it's it's things like that that mm. that get exciting and start tapping you out on the. On the mental bandwidth
0: side. Yeah, especially when there's all the different modeling you have to do, if this then that, if this then that, plus weather, plus this, plus people, plus shifting. What's what was been the biggest fear over the last four weeks with level four in your head? What was the, the, the thing that you were just like, shit, let's just make sure dot dot dot. What was what was priority number one for you for your team over this last over this last
1: period? It's sort of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, Uh, when you think about prioritization. The most fundamental job I have in my role is to make sure that in the context of COVID is to make sure the organization can continue operating, right? So, you know, enabling working from home was, has had to happen. And, Mm. you know, we did start that work you know, sooner than, than, than many others. And rightly so. Um, And when Simon, the CEO asked us, you know, to start preparing for it, there was even conversations about this guy started to, you know, lose his mind a bit. You know, why is he asking us to get the whole organization moving out, you know, uh, to run uh, pilots and things like that, but it all held us in really good stead, which was fantastic alongside that, which is the, the working from home. We have a very small group of individuals who are very, very technical, who run all our energy systems, be it gas or electricity, LPG, metering, and so on. And, you know, you don't have, you can't, there's no extensive backup. So if, you know, a team of those people got infected, it, it would be quite, uh, quite an issue for us. Well, so, you, give them some you know,
0: Sleeping bags, chuck them in there. <laughs> slip him through some up and go there you go bolt
1: <laughs> yeah exactly uh now we had to re- build three new control rooms um wow, we, sp- to we split them. to separate the teams and and isolate so these were more working bubbles rather than family bubbles right um we had to f- f- you know do the same with field crews um so all of that kind of stuff takes a lot of planning and and uh and you don't want to necessarily rush through it but you, you know you didn't have time on your hands as well right so that was the biggest concern Mm. but it's gone it's gone really well and people step up you know in times of crisis um what's been
0: been, what's been the like the dopest ninja move that someone in the team has come up with on the fly or that was really forward thinking that you wouldn't have thought of like has there been a thing you're like holy shit, they thought laterally and just made some flipping ninja shit like has there been anything that's really stood out from from one of your team that you know that idea would never have happened if it was just regular business as usual
1: there's actually a long list of that robert believe it or not i mean you know it's sort of it's liberating right people just to start, start thinking uh outside the box on a consistent basis when dealt when when they're dealing with this um sort of scenario uh, i mean one of the things we had to do and and this was something that was, uh, uh, you know, I would put it in the out of the box category. Is worst case scenario for us, we would have to bring some controllers out of uh, retirement, um, and obviously, <laughs> you know, they fall in the calls, yeah. <laughs> uh, fall in the uh, in the high risk bracket, right? Because oh. these are seventy plus year olds. So we have we set we you know have the option of onboarding them through a live video feed where they can actually talk a more junior sort of apprentice through very key, you know, physically doing stuff. Um, and that was something we had to stand up as an option very, very quickly. Um, and you know, but technology allows you to do things like that now, right? You can get a 75 year old, you know, um, control room operator with 50 years of experience who's sitting there and, you know, uh, enjoying their retirement to say, need your help. And they're very, very keen, obviously, you know, they're, yeah. they're up for it. But we got to look out for their well-being too. So,
0: so you doing ring up things a few like of that. these old mates and they're just like hanging out. They've been other, like flipping John has been in the game for like 40 years, gets a phone call. What's up? What? <laughs> it's <just> like, okay, <laughs> the, the nation needs you. <laughs> Energy sector needs you. That's look, awesome. we didn't have
1: to. We didn't have to activate that, obviously, because our control room staff are all safe and everything's going just fine. But as an option to activate, uh, you know, and getting prepared for it, it was it was something that was uh, good fun to work through.
0: You can like post this because they stepped up to it. You could have like a a weekly mini Zoom chat, and they could just tell you like energy stories from back in the day for the young bucks, and they just like feed them down like in '72 I took a spanner and did some shit. like you know create the <laughs> alumni effect. Like I really have been thinking about this idea of corporates of like, you know, like snotty and shit, like all this, these stories he's got, it's like, get them out. Like, and think of like someone that's been in the game for so long. And if you're, you're, if you're like 20 years old, you come in fresh gun and then you just hear this, these actual stories from like alumni effect of an organization. It's, you know, the same yeah. thing will always be in like ski fields and stuff. Cause you'd have like the old timers that would tell all the stories and you'd like get into it and then like that rock there and this thing here, it kind of, it's interesting. It's probably a good scene yeah. actually. H- how have you, how have you led a big how have you led it? like you know victor is not a small company how have you led a company virtually to keep culture
1: yeah i mean good question right Uh, i mean you can't communicate enough in these types of situations um, and you can't just communicate one way Um, you also need to leverage the 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 teams themselves to continue to maintain the culture that you have. I mean, one of the things we've talked about as a leadership team group in my own area is uh, you know, what a challenge this would have been if we had some fundamental cultural issues, right? Some Mm. real gnarly issues that we hadn't addressed around psychological safety or, or fundamental trust issues, you know, um, the ability to uh, you know, every voice counts, you know, these Uh, leaning into hard challenges uh you know we have this thing about no super chickens on the team right like super chickens. you know what's a super chicken there's a a real great ted ted talk on on this about you know having essentially heroes right who come in and save the day um you know we 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 explicitly try and not be a team of super chickens right we you know there is everyone's here for a reason and and you know the team above all else uh, and when you have those fundamentals right, it makes it easy. I think it'd be really difficult if you had some of those fundamental challenges and you had to deal with the lockdown. I think that would just drive the teams just that much more further apart. But if the fundamentals are right and you're going into it, you can double down on that. You will no doubt draw draw down on some of that goodwill, but you know there's enough um, you know there's enough uh, scaffolding there to hold everything together. Um, You know, I've been talking to the teams every. There's, we always used to have a weekly huddle uh, because our teams are across multiple cities. We continue to do that. Um, We have every team. You know, we check in on each other and and we explicitly make a point to differentiate between a call to check in on each other versus a work in progress or status update call or a or a business as usual sort of. You know, let's try and figure out a solution to a problem call, right? Because in, in my field, the temptation is always to jump to doing work. And sometimes you've got to explicitly carve out some time to just check in on people uh, and see how we're all doing. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's a whole a, bunch it's of a good,
0: things. It's a good yeah. point. Like right at this, the kickoff of this, one of my predictions was I was thinking... You know, a movement like this just amplifies anything that's been good or bad in an organization. And at the end of this, you know, I've been thinking about leadership. And one of the first things, one of the first days was we had Jason Paris on CEO of Voter. And he was saying, you know, you know, like leading with kindness and, and being kind. And then, you know, Vic Cron was talking about, um, you know, leading with love and just this whole thing. And I've been thinking about over a time like this, bad leaders are now being exploited and are probably going to get the boot. Good leaders have created these these tribes and this glue and this like crazy, almost like a the most genius retention strategy of all time. Because going through this together as a unit is going to be such a bond that is just like you know going to unis together and alumni or just they're really in it together. And I think at the end of this, I was talking to a lawyer and an HR um, person. There, and then the the lawyer side was like, "There's going to be about a, all the bad businesses. We've got a lot of empl- I'm already getting employment things that are going on right now." And then from the HR side, from the good side, it was like. And the bad side as well, then the flow on is that basically there's a whole bunch of legal activity and then huge wave of weapons that have just, this has been the final like nail in the coffin to be like, stuff this, I want more tomorrow. Or even even so much the fact of certain leaders realizing to your point before about checking in them as, as humans, realizing that this isn't just, your new work life is actually work and, and your personal life too. Yeah, it's- and, and- things out as well as part of the whole package to um i forget who we're talking to yesterday i was saying you know part of your your job your new job title now is to take care of you and your family and that is part of your new job title because if that's not taken care of as part of this everything else is stuffed and just the mind shift of certain leadership i think it's really exposing and putting a big filter through good and bad leadership for the future which i think is in in many ways is is a flipping awesome because it's going to get rid of a shit ton of weak links you know
1: yeah to quote a robotism you know, shit just got real. <laughs>
0: yeah, bro. Dude, hundy. And on that note, of boards, and I wanted to jump onto this. I think this is going to be – there's two two trains of thought. First is offense, defense, right? Defense, old doggers, scared of change, stuff this, handbrake, uh, and boom. But the game's changed so much that I'm actually wondering if there's also going to be a huge exodus from members of boards because the – They won't have the mental bandwidth or this too much stubbornness or whatever to be open enough mentally to think about all these new ways that things could be done that they've gone through it and they're just going to tap out and so what i've been wondering about is are they for those that want to use COVID as a vehicle as a great way to you know bring in new thinking and diverse trains of thought and you know some people that maybe look a little bit darker than usual i think it's going to be awesome right like do you think that board makeups are we being like maybe airy-fairy, or do you genuinely feel leadership has changed, I feel it has, but boards will change? What do you think is going to happen at the exec level of around the thinking, right? What, what's, your, yeah. what's your take, prediction, thoughts, whatever?
1: Hmm. Uh, it's a complicated, complex, both complicated and complex question. Um,
0: <laughs> well, thank you. I've been studying very hard, <laughs> or drinking, one of the two.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think... Um, uh like leadership uh the mental resilience uh aspect of individuals is being tested right in this mm-hmm. environment um and uh and it's just another one of those things where uh you know you you in these situations it's very hard to fake it um, yeah
0: cuz you and, can't it's it's too transparent right? it's too visible it's too seen it's too totally
1: yeah yeah in terms of how you're going to you know you've got to be pretty transparent around your decision-making frameworks and you know what you value and and all of those types of things right um and so from that perspective you know i'm an eternal optimist i think you know there will be opportunity for a lot of people to do a lot of things that they otherwise wouldn't have been given an opportunity to do and especially if you focus on delivering value and not try and pick off too much it's a great opportunity to showcase what you can bring to the table, right yeah uh, and so on. yeah just just you know and in in my job uh, and my team's uh, roles it's a literally a once in a lifetime opportunity as bad as that might sound to really show you know who, who's who's the real deal and who can who can help organizations sort of navigate some of these situations and so from that perspective, you know, it hopefully it does help people who have either hadn't had a voice and or, you know, for whatever reason couldn't showcase what they actually had to offer a real level playing field to do, uh, to do that. Mm. Um, I think, and part of that is being able to think differently, think outside the box, right? So, uh, and people are valuing, uh, you know, we, I'll give you a good example. So when we are running through a situation, we will go, Okay, there is a BAU way of addressing this, right? Obviously, in this instance, we've got to power that up. And so you just have to do what you would have otherwise done, you know, much quicker and much more efficiently. Say, for example, at the same time, we're asking the question, can we think of three ways we could do that thing completely differently? And And we're almost running that. Yeah, what's the ninja move, right? And, And running that as a very specific parallel path. Uh, and mm. so what that's doing is it's inviting people to put some crazy radical ideas on the table, which otherwise would not have been even asked for, right? Yeah. And, and so we, we almost explicitly as an executive team going, okay, there's this way of solving this. We It's tried and tested. We've done this. But can we just set a slightly different set of param- parameters and say, can we completely flip this on its head and solve it some in a, in a completely different way? and that's where the crazy ideas are coming from right but Um,
0: we're we're talking to um tim elp obviously you know we both know it and he was saying you know remember i was in a room and the ceo there there was probably three layers of i guess power within a room and it was just very kind of like formulaic copy paste shit, and it was just a bit weird i'm like what's this shit? and then he bails and the next thing you know it just this it all opens up and it just and i'm like guys what what just what's this shit and they're like oh you know we can't because you know CEO blah blah and I'm like he is paying you to do the job because you know the shit that he doesn't if you're not brave enough to have that conversation you're not doing your flipping job you but it's a it's a fear of to it's it's almost like potential shame a public shame thing of, of that idea but I think there's there's something to this I've been thinking about it, but recently so mental health right until John Kerwin came along and created a Trojan horse and a vehicle for other people mm-hmm. to talk about the thing without branding it it became oh i've just got a case of the jk's or they branded the not the crazy but they branded the the uncomfortable that no one wanted to go there and it actually has made it so much better but in business how many times is the leader in the room someone beneath him with hierarchy that has seen things not flat doesn't say the flipping idea or the the thing which could genuinely help because they don't feel it's their place. And I think exactly two point, so I've been to call them ninja moves, right? Like, like how do you brand up the ninja move thinking? So we go cool, you know, pre-COVID PC. This is our hierarchical way. But will you brand the flipping the same way Air New Zealand did with Grab a Seat? They created an entire vehicle of like dope. All right, cool. Give me the three ninja moves, and then you brand the thing that's crazy, so they don't feel to to talk crazy in it but there's something in there and, and talking to like Tim and just a couple of these other crew I've just been thinking like how do you exactly put process around the crazy brand it so it, it makes employees underneath them to feel safe in a safe space to not feel shamed publicly then yeah. and I, I and I bet there is so many awesome ideas that are popping out from all over the show and you just probably just click Absolutely. You might have a, a slack thing of just idea stream of crazy shit and that that makes business better you know like that makes that gets me excited because then it feels like you're empowering the underdog, the, the young buck, the, the what was seen as hierarchical, just to flatten that shit out and actually do better for business. I, I'm real passionate about that AI eh? because I think there's so many I, awesome ideas which don't happen because of that, because of fear.
1: I, I agree. And, I mean, I know you're passionate about that too because we've spoken about this many a time, yeah. right? Hey. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of things now we take for granted as if it came out of some you know, uh, deep R and D and, you know, a bunch of, uh, researchers sort of cooped up in a, in a lab somewhere. And and they came up with this beautiful thing we are adopting, right? Actually, you know, when you think of concepts like the one that, you know, we're in, in my area and in related sort of fields, uh, you know, current flavor of the month is sort of agile or agile DevOps. Right. Um, this is just formalizing to your point um and and branding something that was used to uh, develop something quickly that solved a real problem right So mm-hmm. it, it just it there was a there was a way of sort of boiling the ocean and figuring stuff out and when you did not have time and and resources and you had to f- you know solve problems quickly, people just got on with it and then retrospectively you branded that and you went oh that's agile now we can sign up for it right? Uh, I, I do believe, like you say, that coming out of this lockdown and this sort of crisis will be a bunch of things that will get branded and then marketed yep. um, as as methods that we use where we almost induce the world we've had to be in and, and sort of try and bottle the mm. positives that have come out of this, right? And, and one of those things is, you know, so much of corporate decision-making is based on social cohesion. And when you are different… Hmm. Um, you know you you fundamentally question the social cohesion aspect right Diversity and social cohesion sometimes can be at, at odds you know if you have you know a lady with a scarf you know coming out of the Middle East part of your leadership team, you know having a beer at five o'clock every evening or, or on a Friday evening sorry mm. where you, you you discuss your power moves as you call it is just not an option right yeah. um, but mm. you can't do that today there is no. Mm. I mean, yes, teams are getting on Zoom and you've got kids running around and it's just, it's a little bit more inclusive. So a lot more people can be part of those. Friday, you know, a couple of people might be having a glass of wine while having the same discussion, but it has become a more inclusive place. And and that social cohesion thing isn't the ticket to the dance anymore. So people should feel a little bit more fearless because, mm. you know, like this conversation, right? You're in these meetings and you're going, okay. Nikhil, what, what's your perspective on it we don't have to have small talk we can I can get out my views a little bit more um, you know um, more clearly potentially because of it right and I think that's one of the side effects that hopefully we can we can bottle post this thing is is not relying on social cohesion which is which requires you to have less diversity in a way of, of thought and otherwise um, Uh, to transmit ideas between humans right yeah Um, and if we can start using technology to break that barrier down a bit and let everyone have a voice that's a fantastic thing
0: yeah it's the power of i don't know if it's the power of the question or it's the the there's, there's something so by being able to unlock like true idea and ex- expressions and whatever is so powerful. Like, I'm thinking, you know, if it was, let's say for argument's sake, it's you brand it as the ninja move, but the question you ask is, like, what could MacGyver do? Right? Like, what could MacGyver do? Oh, you, and it, because I remember as a kid, I mean, shit, the MacGyver's the shit, like, he'd make a flipping car out of a toothpick. And it was always this, this ninjery, tinkery, side lateral thinking shit, but like a question that you could ask someone who doesn't, especially when, It's very, when you're trained in, I was talking to um, someone yesterday in corporate marketing and they were saying it's so difficult when you've been almost like creativity to a certain point has been beaten out of you because of the process of how it works and in a time where it's nothing, the only success is lateral and the only success is flipping hail Mary, flipping overtime fourth quarter shit how do you brand that in a way that can create structure so, so i think about that it's like yeah what could macgyver do well he could dot 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 he could and you, you know you like give it that i know there's power in the horse. anyway it's been on my mind for a while because i because what i what i don't want to have happen is all this great idea and creativity that can make business better just lost by the wayside the old mates at the top are just like okay cool now we're back in the office team giddy up get back into it and then you're kind of like well there's all this, like this was the moment to do all that change stuff. And so I'm actually wondering if there's going to be like a old school versus new school battle off of, of business model structure process systems. And I, and I feel that this is that moment because, and I've, I've brought you a name up to a few people. Cause I said, um, you know, like the, the, I've, saying the threes and fours are becoming the ones and twos. You know, the, the young buck, piss off, go get me a coffee dude, is now like, you know, starting to, has a seat at the table, and then in a moment like this, now they're getting the flex, and now, the, you know, the flipping the Clives of the world, and, and the U's, and the Ed's, and the whoever, they're starting to like get to that spot, and be like, alright, well I feel, boom, and I've actually got the title to do it. So I feel, I ho- I'm hoping that the the new ones and twos that are those young bucks in that squeeze, now can actually flex and be trusted, listened to and trusted, and empowered from those above, not those ideas squashed down because if we go to bit back to business as usual before, I reckon we've just missed probably the greatest opportunity in humanity's history in terms of business and tech and what could be for the future. I'm very excited about uh, that. Uh,
1: and it is a platform, right? It, it, and once you're given that platform, and you know, I, I have been, I've got the privilege of having one of those sort of platforms. You know, we've got to take it. This, this, if you talk about it from a generational point of view. And nothing um, gives you personally more confidence and sort of also cements that platform than, than getting shit done. Um, and so when we have that we should just that's why picking battles and just nailing it is is part of the is part of the process and I think we need to look at mm-hmm. that deliberately uh, and think through where can we add value quickly by you know bringing new lateral ideas to bear or you know just bringing that just, energy that's required to get some of these things done. The other and thing I would say,
0: crazy,
1: yeah. yeah, Robert is, if there's one thing I could say to, to, you know, if there was one thing I think everyone can do and, and sort of do it explicitly is not just come out of this situation and, uh, and sort of organically transition, right. Yeah. You know, in, in program delivery, we have this ritual that we call a uh, post-implementation review. And, and, you know, when I run those, there are no rank reviews. Anyone can come in and talk about what could have been done better. What went amazing, you know, what have we all learned, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I think we need to run a post implementation review of, of, of COVID and almost at every level as we transition from four, hopefully back to normal or whatever the new normal is, um, uh, as, uh, you know, over time, because by asking the question, what did we learn and what have we done differently that we should be bottling and just continuing to do post COVID? Um, I think there's going to be a ton of gems in there and it would be a real shame, uh, if we didn't sort of bottle all of that up. Handy. I'm just wondering the,
0: if you think of the branding of Agile, the methodology of thinking of of structured organizations, there is a, someone is going to brand this shit as a new thing for all sorts of business. And one of the things I've been thinking about as well, and I'm interested in in your take on it, is when you've got a small business and you're in a small physical location with a small budget and just you've a small business, and then you've got a big corporate that has big, big has resource, and big can go and throw cash at this and that, and blah, 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 cool, get it. Now that everyone's now virtual and remote, it's even the playing field because there's a million different other brands and businesses but they're all using the same Zoom account, Microsoft Teams, Google Hangouts, the same tech. They all have the same tech. So then all of a sudden I thought the startups were always seen to have the edge because they were faster and more nimble and quicker and um, they could execute. And then I'm thinking, wait a 2nd if the corporates now have the same tech as the startup and the startups are using the same tech as them doesn't that mean that technically as long as the creativity's right corporates could actually be the new startup in terms of thinking and implementation and and creativity and i'm i'm wondering if that that's, that might cuz if you could be if you have the corporate budget with the speed of the the, the speedboat i'm kind of like holy shit that's like a that 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 gets me excited for what business could be right
1: yeah and and you know this. I've never subscribed to this narrative of the large corporate versus the small startup, you know, battle of the of the ages type narrative, right? Um, because I think what you lose in that narrative is actually uh, a lot of value that is created when the, those two worlds learn to operate well, hmm. um, and especially now when, uh, to your point, you don't need to own a lot of assets or you don't need to have a lot of resource to innovate uh, for many different reasons right not least because the building blocks are so easily available you know video conferencing as an example you've just touched upon right it it is those building blocks are are relatively freely available um you you can create new value without necessarily hogging all these assets and or resources right but if you are a a large organization that's had the privilege of being, you know, uh, a, a a manager or owner of these these sort of assets, then, you know, and if you believe you can also create value like a startup because, you know, if you can disconnect this sort of uh, need to leverage that every time to think of new value, then, you know, both parties have, to your point, equal opportunity to address a, a problem and create value from it. Mm. But I think real value sometimes get created when these two two sets start to work together really well, mm. right? And and start to employ, you know, things that work on either either side of the, the equation. You know, I'll give you a real example here because uh, in general terms, it might not make sense. Vector is a large-scale asset owner, right? Uh, when we look at, you know, what's happening around the world, if you look at the, you know, the Airbnb case study, Overquoted, but let's go with it for now. Mm. They don't own a single hotel, right? They're using other as, other people's assets to create value. And as a large asset owner, you can be freaked out about that and go, "Wait a minute, you know, like so, um, so are we going to be disintermediated? Are, is innovation going to happen at the edge? And are they going to just draw all the value away from what we're here to provide, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm. Um, and that's the us versus them narrative." You know, the way we look at it is we've got this great platform in Auckland called the energy grid, right? Which has historically been a transportation mechanism of energy, right? Gets an electron to go power up a light bulb from a dam, right? Um, can we convert that into an energy marketplace so that people can bring new business models, new innovation on top of the grid? So the grid now becomes more of an eBay for energy mm-hmm. rather than a roading a network type mindset, right? Um, and for that, you've got to think of your asset base as a large organization as a platform for innovation. And open that up, and not keep it closed. Hmm. Um, and but also have have startups wanting to work with you in a symbiotic way. I mean, you 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 know, I'm speaking to a, an expert in this place, having run shared spaces and things like that that you've done, right? Hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I liked most is when I saw um you know you forcing that that relationship between large corporations and the startup community and making sure that those conversations can happen in in some meaningful way now also yeah. I'll declare my hand i used to have a startup and a large corporate sort of semi snuffed it out so as a large corporate you've got to also be uh you know pretty careful about and deliberate about how you run those um those relationships and manage those relationships but yeah, I've never been one for a, a large corporation versus a startup sort of us versus them uh, narrative. Um.
0: On on that there, right, I think you touched on something interesting, it, it, you're talking about, you know, swapping the grid to the eBay of it. So you kind of said as what potential, what used to be the product is actually the old product could actually be the new platform for others, right? The, 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 exactly. The old product for yourself. Could be that new platform for others and then it, it it leverages all of it so that's interesting right then it makes it would make decision makers and boards think okay well what are we actually selling here and how does you know the the, the weightless become the biggest heavyweight right the airbnb thing right how does the weight the weightless become that so that's interesting but see as you long have, as dude, other people aren't thinking about this type of shit, bro that's why you're smart that's why they pay you the big bucks bro to give you the big titles
1: <laughs> mate you've got you've got some power hitters on this and then you bring a <laughs> you know someone out of division three like me to get on this so get you know boys. I don't know nah, get the, the boys. boys on a call get the
0: boys. <laughs> nah, wait. so other one is I wanted to ask you because I knew it was true I didn't know the age it was true that you were the youngest youngest exec member ever on a publicly listed company in New Zealand is that right or was that right not sure it was. I don't, I'm not
1: going to declare my age I don't know I, I, I there's been all sorts of Discussion. It you're was. not going to get me to share with okay, I'm, I'll you say or anybody else. I'm pretty else sure.
0: My, I'm pretty I, sure that it was that was accurate. Someone maybe you didn't tell me, maybe someone I, to, I think it was. I'm, a, I'm pretty way.
1: sure. I'm pretty sure it was not accurate, right? Like it, you can. I, I'm, Wait, you. Sure. I know how old you are.
0: I think it's true. <laughs> I know oh, what those on the boards look Um Okay, we don't. Okay, maybe we. Gonna... The, the code word is pineapple. Remember, I told you. Say pineapple, and that's a safe word. Nickel you can pineapple. say pineapple okay cool we'll move on
1: all right so pineapple, pineapple squared
0: <laughs> all right so we'll go to another piece um the new new zealand right mm-hmm. people i think the flips changed in the threes and twos and another one the, the threes and fours and other ones and twos i think that within the next three years there's going to be more opportunity than ever to, to reshape what new zealand could potentially be right what do you feel if you if you could put your magical sprinkle Reveshanka dust all over the shit, what would you like to see the new New Zealand for business look like with with what that with the minds being as open as they are now to what you know could be built on the on the platform of what you see? How do you see that world potentially looking for New Zealand?
1: You know, for me, uh, and this is sort of a you know it's a hypothesis, right? But it it was formed while working overseas as well in some of the uh, sort of more specialized locations. Um, And for me, I hope the new New Zealand has uh, four or five areas where we double down and say, this is what we're going to be world famous for, right? Um, Because in a way, our greatest strength and, you know, our number eight wire mindset and so on uh, can sometimes be our greatest weakness in that. We we sometimes struggle to scale, um, and what I'm hoping is, especially now, uh, where more than ever we need we need to uh, to trade high value goods and services globally, um, because some of our more uh, established export earners are in are in a bit of strife. I hope that we don't uh, spread ourselves too too thin. And there is some conscious thought, collective thought around, you know, what do we want to be famous for? And so when someone thinks of that problem, instantly they think of New Zealand as the solution, right. Um, for it. And, and I think that's very important because if we can do that, then, uh, we attract the best from around the world who are interested in that area. And it's sort of this, um, this sort of, um, a symbiotic relationship that gets Mm. created. Right. And, and, and that, that will create the momentum we need. And then, uh, next new second or third largest export owners will start to sort of emerge out of that. Um, so, so that's, that's a sort of thing. I I think about a fair amount in terms of what the new 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 Zealand could be, I suppose.
0: Mm. I think that a real interesting piece there is that, you know, there's been, um, you know thousands of problems and thousands of solutions coming for it but if everyone does the same tries to do all of it there's no clarity and i think that the word thereafter there is you know that collective vision for kind of what you said was what does new zealand want to be famous for like i think it's a really interesting question right like after covid what would new zealand and i don't i don't think the answer can be tourism because that was the old i guess the old, i mean maybe it can but it is a different way but it's interesting if, if tex wait exactly to your point what would that be if, you know what could MacGyver do i guess is the the one
1: yeah a- mm. and and some of that could be just to actually use the whole uh, our, our our country as a bit of a uh a, a test bed right um because you know regardless of your politics uh, our brand even through this crisis has only been strengthened right um now, people may compare and contrast the Swedish approach with the New Zealand approach, or whatever. Um, but generally speaking, uh, we have we will come out of this, uh, and and I'm hoping, you know, uh, you know, not not too many people are uh, impact, impacted still because we're not out of the woods by any means. But uh, we will come out of this with a much stronger brand as a country, um, yeah. and and one of the things that. You know i always think about is you know if you take auckland for example right um you know and and the new zealand energy system it is the envy of the world in terms of uh the characteristics that we've got to be able to test new innovation in in the space of energy right so every time i think of auckland or new zealand i think of these big billboards on the way from you know, either Tel Aviv airport or Berlin airport or San Francisco airport, as you're going into the tech hubs, you know, a, a billboard that says New Zealand is open for business. You know, we're open to give you access to our environment, to be able to test new innovation and and build that. And in doing so, help scale something that will have a global applicability, right? So if you mix those two concepts together, I think there is, There's something extremely exciting because our our brand is strong for all the right reasons. And frankly, as someone who was born in India and who studied here and went to university here, went overseas and did some work, right, um, I value what inherently you get out of just living in this environment, right? Mm. You know, where you can be a free thinker, where you can question anything you want, uh, where, you know... um, you, it's okay to experiment and you know we we like to tinker and 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 it, it just seeps into your bones right this this mm-hmm. thing about being in new zealand that seeps into your bones and there's so much value to in that we just mm-hmm. need to harness all of that and i think we um, will
0: i think i think so too the bro mike um he's managed to fill up half the screen with his question Rhett. Le- loving this, Nickel, You're a weapon. Zooming out a little bit, I'm a massive believer that beyond government, it's our responsibility to ensure that the right ideas are aligned around. So, what's your one big idea for Aotearoa to help lead the bounce out of COVID? Please tell me it's not a shovel-ready project. Oh, Mike, you're such a good bastard. Thoughts? Look, I
1: guess, you go for it. Okay, so this is a very specific one, and this is a lot of what my work is about. Right? Go there. Uh, and 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 what is uh. What what is something uh, what 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 uh, vector is is focused on quite a bit too. We we call it our symphony strategy, and essentially this is the thesis. So there's there is a there's a global energy crisis, right? Um, and there's three things that we're trying to solve for in energy: uh, reliability of energy, right? Affordability of energy, and the fact that it is uh, gre- green and clean, right? Um, and there's two ways you can attack this problem. You can attack this problem by building some really innovative ways of generating clean energy, right? Be it clean nuclear or uh, a more effective way of doing hydro or whatever the case may be. Solar, large scale wind, whatever it is. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of the world is focused on that. And that's a good thing. It's, you know, we, we think that's, that's a worthy cause to focus on, but then we there's a there is another problem that solving will also address some of these issues which is on the demand side right in energy an end user is just a passive consumer of energy we haven't played an active role in energy at all Uh, and now there's enough technology there that you can actually drive a whole bunch of demand side optimization and what we call it driving a unit uh driving up the productivity of every unit of of energy, such that we're we're getting more value out of uh, out of each kilowatt of power, for example, and for that you need a completely different energy system. Uh, you need a system where the customer is at the centre of it. You're leveraging technology, you're trading with each other. There's peer-to-peer trading. There are, you know, you're you're accelerating the electrification of transportation, and so one big idea from a New Zealand perspective is we can be. The petri dish of this energy innovation, when it comes to demand-side optimization, right? So a large part of the work I do is focused on um, building platforms. Our teams and 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 what Vector does more broadly is developing platforms that can take energy from wherever it comes and make sure that we're optimizing it for the network that we are we are looking out for. So um, so we are working with a few large technology companies around using auckland as a petri dish for energy innovation right and i think we can lead the way in that globally we can be the first 100 percent carbon free energy system for example uh, before anyone else can if we put our mind to it uh and coming out of this crisis i think there's going to be a lot more opportunities in that space sorry mike i know that was a long-winded rant. No,
0: it's, it's mega um I don't know if I've shared with you, so I'm, I'm working with a bro, Mike, um, uh, CEO of a company called Sierra Energy, cleantech company, and he's um, developed, um, basically it's a it's a whole system which converts um, like rubbish and municipal waste into energy with uh, zero carbon emissions, um, and he's coming to potentially look to try and do it in New Zealand to see if, if you could, there's about 50, 50, 50 tonnes a day through the system for about 40,000 people, but if you got hundred of these throughout the nation, you could arguably have New Zealand's as the world's first zero waste nation. The science mm-hmm. is proven, the sun, tech, whatever. But like you think about that, if power can go back into the grid, you talk about this on the other side. I'll send you a link after this. We'll, we'll link up because I'm helping the bro out as well, which is mega. It's awesome. a flipping pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty brave one because as soon as you crack that, that just rolls out everywhere. That's that's
1: huge. And, and you know, uh, we, we are always... Uh, Sort of a bit self-deprecating and and humble sort of type of folk here, right? Um, but the world and people who are thinking about this problem very very seriously look at New Zealand as a very credible laboratory for solving that problem. Um, and mm-hmm. so we we need to we need to make it happen. Yeah. And that's right. that's if you ask me the one thing that excites me to go to work every day, it's knowing that. That's the problem statement that we're working on. That that's you know it's exciting stuff. Hmm.
0: Um. We've got. It's almost like a. We should organize like a Zoom call with all the the new ones and twos, like all, all the new crew. Yeah. <laughs> like, alright, guys. Chatham House. Who's good? You know, like we went to that that other one. Jeez. Imagine doing that like via Zoom now. That Okay. I'll talk to you about that as well after. Oh, yeah, okay. So Amos. Uh, no, I'm serious. Okay. I'll put a, I'll put a note right now. Um. I'll be like new gc illuminati zoom chat okay cool <laughs> um amos uh, brothers of wealth information such fundamental forward thinking thanks brother you're on point um paul thomas uh, from what i believe victor owns hiv as well from your knowledge how has this business been impacted with the inability to sell product paul thomas oh
1: well, it's been it's been tough for that business um you know when social distancing and and maintaining bubbles are the thing you know going to people's homes to put Ventilation systems in isn't isn't high on anyone's agenda, right? So, it's been a difficult uh, period for everyone who's involved in that business, including a portion of my team that supports them. Um, but we'll bounce back. Um, we've got really good plans around. You know, one of the big issues in New Zealand is energy poverty, right? And part of that is the ability what to.
0: Mean? What does energy poverty mean?
1: It's just people not being able to afford. Got you it. know, e- energy to, to, for heating needs or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. And, and there's so many myths that when you really look at data, you can debunk, right. Um, you know, uh, people living in social low socioeconomic housing, for example, are using, you know, a lot more energy than someone living in a brand new build, um, you know, built with high quality products. Right. And, 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 um, Insulation and so on. Uh, so there is a bunch of stuff that, using organisations like HIV, you can do to address those those challenges, if you point them in the right direction and you work with the right uh, partners to to uh, to solve some of those uh, challenges in the short term. So, you know, we're looking at all of those types of options as a means to sort of restart businesses like HIV, but it's been tough for them.
0: Mm. Uh- uh, brooke pattern uh will Victor continue to work remotely following covid 19. some of the teams
1: yeah i mean our whole philosophy around working from home and what can we achieve by working from home or working remotely uh has changed right uh, you know because we now have the confidence that you know things can be done i'll give you a good example of this and maybe i'm oversharing but you know, when we went into Actually, lo- level push, four, pause, lockdown. pause,
0: double check if you're allowed to say what you're about to say.
1: Just, no, I think it's fine. Is, okay, it, cool, go.
0: continue. No problem. Uh, continue.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we, you know, when we were going into level four lockdown, like everybody else, we were going, okay, let's collate the list of the most critical people. Because also we didn't want to use our essential service banner as just a pass out for people to just travel willy-nilly, right? Because you go, I work for Vector. So at any police checkpoint or whatever, you go, I work for Vector. And they go, you must be keeping the lights on. And not all of us do that job, right? I'm not up on poles fixing cross arms or transformers. Um, uh, So we said, let's collate a list of people that we must have on that essential list so they can get to work if we absolutely need them to. And that was a, when it came back, that was a pretty long list, right? Because we were very conservative when we pulled that, we, we said, oh, there's all these reasons why people might have to go back into the office. And ironically, and this is a real testament to what this last four weeks has taught us all, is when we're now thinking about moving to level three, where actually you've got a little bit more flexibility around people coming into work and so on, that list has actually shrunk significantly right? It's, hmm. it's, it's you know, 20% maybe of what that original level four list was when the lockdown was even more yeah. severe. And that's only happened because we, our confidence that all of these people can work from home and be productive mm. and collaborate effectively has gone up, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, long way of saying, uh, I think flexible working will be absolutely on the agenda. And I think quite a few people will choose to, if not full-time work from home, you know, really yeah. cons- think about the options they have now and no,
0: we're and, open to it and uh, a lot more decision makers and ceos whatever that were hesitant before about either remote work or people coming in only four days a week or whatever it's i think it's gonna be clear that that's gonna potentially happen as well um last question is yep. um Harubit, I don't think big businesses, including Vector, can pivot like startups. Even if you're using the same platforms, what is restricting large corporates and businesses? Are their mindset and inefficient processes? Could you ask Nicole, how does he combat this for his people and teams to enable them to pivot and accelerate with the market and their customers? Most can't, you can. How do you do
1: it? Yeah, look, I mean, that's a a trillion dollar question. Good question, that. Um, I think that's right. There's been a lot of, uh, systems and processes that have calcified into large corporations that uh, make them uh, slower and less nimble, at least, um, you know, uh, I was going to say in theory, but, you know, in reality too, than, than, than startups, right? But, um, you know, the odds of a startup succeeding aren't very high either. Um, mm. and, and so that's why I keep going back to that relationship between you know that startup mentality and 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 testing those ideas and the resources and platforms that a large organization can provide it's that intersection where value gets created in my opinion and and the more we can treat that as a symbiotic relationship and as and and not a battle i think the more value that we 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 start to create answering this question specifically i think you know uh what we are trying to do is to is to simulate, if you will, some of the processes and approaches that that work well and effectively in a startup environment. So we are trying to move away from processes that have served us well potentially in the past to ones where we are trying to experiment more. We are working with partners with a mindset that we don't have all the answers. Uh, you know, one of the most fundamental things we're doing is breaking business unit silos, right? and saying actually these hierarchical models that we all live in these power structures aren't it's not an ownership structure right if someone's in my team i don't own them um you know they just happen to live in my area of expertise and and grow their careers there but all the action actually happens in cross-functional teams and so picking being very clear around strategic prioritization the bets placing the bets where they matter and then bringing whoever is required internally from within your organization or from from the external world to just hone in and focus and solve those problems that is one of the you know i think most powerful ways large corporations can move away from this sort of BAU churn you know crank the handle process that we find ourselves in to one where we can start to operate as nimbly as any startup it's not an easy thing to do but it's yeah. doable and we we, we are genuinely uh, moving down that path and you know and we've been doing so for a few years now um, and you know there's a lot of examples of innovation that comes out when you work that way you know in yeah. these sort of cross-functional teams just hyper focused on solving a problem and attack it right which is what a startup essentially does you don't try and be all things to everybody you define the problem you want to solve and you go for it
0: mm. Solid man. Um, I know you're tapped and we got a boost, but before we go, I've got um, one more comment. Is from a do you know a Jif? A, a, a Is it a Revi shank revy Revishanka? Have you heard of uh, Have you heard of him? Have you, I, don't know, I yeah. don't know him.
1: We adopted uh, him a few years ago. Um, <laughs> he he. We we first put him on. You know. We we had him as our sponsorship sort of charity thing for a while and yeah yeah he grew up into like, a what, cute win, little what i for a raffle <laughs> yeah see what what he what that jit ravi shaker doesn't know is the one with the mic wins <laughs> all the questions but
0: <laughs> my man dude much like brothers always um Red, linking up and kicking and i'll just like because i don't think you probably get it from too many other people i am very proud of you for being a young brown face in a world in a very high position that has influence because you put lots of breadcrumbs of positivity and opportunity that people can look to and see to and when you're a young buck you need those things to see so if other people don't say i just wanted to tell you as a mate and i tell you already but i think it's important that other people know that i have a mass amount of respect for what you've done your brain and the fact that you are here is looking just spot on mate it's like you it's like you 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 it's like you got it fancy for me. It's like it was a special day. You're dressing up. You're dressing Here's up. Here's
1: my hairdresser. She did hey, it. Hey, good,
0: good to see you. All right, brother. I'll leave you to do the fam thing, bro. Um, All right. Much love, and I'll talk to you soon. And I'll um, invite you to the Illuminati thing. It's going to be me.
1: Thanks. And thanks <laughs> for doing this as well. Good on you for doing it.
0: Of course, brother. All right, man. Talk soon. Yes. Bye. Bye G. Peace. It's the bro nickel. Such a flipping good bastard. Um... I love talking to bros that are and and friends of and um, all sorts and all different sectors. Just watching how their brain works, how they think about things, where they, how they process and analyze like real-time problems and solutions that they're coming up with, and how they're leading. and It's it's awesome to see a lot of um you know bunch of the crew that are weapons I call them um, really leading and doing good things. And for and for this, I've also got an announcement. Okay, just a quick announcement. It's not it's not gonna be long. Just a quick one. I've been going batshit crazy on this. Of these, if you've been tuning in for the last however long, I think this is almost up to that I think I've interviewed almost about a 80 episodes with about a hundred people. I think as we're about to for the last couple of weeks, um, but it comes to an end today, just very briefly. I'm not going to be doing this all day, every day. For as soon as we go to L 3 my my mental headspace was a come in from flipping day one. Till you get out of out of four, you're gonna go to town and do the shit. You're gonna flip and open the roll get all the different brains, get all the different thinking, and get it all out there. Um, so from next week, it's gonna be toned down quite a bit because I've got a lot of other shit as well that I need to be doing. But I feel that there has been so much goodness and awesomeness, and I think this was the right thing to do for the right time for the right people. So um, if you've if you've been sick of the push notification coming and saying Rebecca's is live with dot dot dot, Rebecca's is live about flipping five or six times a day for the last. Five weeks, or however long this, this thing has been, I apologize. And then I say, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, because I know that all the different um, learnings and stuff that's come out of it has helped a shit ton of people. Because I, all day, every day, get messages from people who are learning a shit ton from, 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 well, uh, uh, I am getting messages from people like you who are learning a bunch from people that are in my circle. So I feel good that it's been able to, you know expand the little bubble a little bit in terms of thinking to get it out there and a whole bunch of different ideas and things and one of the ideas I've been thinking about is how do we collate all of this amazing ideas and all of this amazing you know, insights and leadership and everything into something and I've got um, something coming out of that too. So um, if you've been tuning in, this was the last time I'm going to be doing this, this much. I'll still obviously do my content and interviews and of live blah, blah blah but I definitely am not going to be doing you know, ten, flipping eight, 10 hours a day just going nuts like this for a little bit longer too. So um, Chantel, there you go, thank you, Robert. it's been great, thanks so much, much love, Chantel, thank you. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it, it's been mega. So come on Tuesday, bring on down from four to the three, be good, be safe in the bubble, and then I um, will still be doing this, you know, I do. I will not stop doing what I do. That's totally fine. But if you, we've, got to, we've got to tone this shit down. If you're not sick of me yet, I'm sick of me by now so it's it's mega oh, oh i'll give g props big g good human uh i hope you've enjoyed uh, and actually if all of the episodes as well we put them on spotify you just go to spotify search up my name you'll be able to find that there um all on all the uh, it's a youtube playlist if you go to youtube it's all there as well um, so cool enjoy the weekend team this is coming to the end of the chaos that has been um, just flipping rabbit fest and his friends talking a whole bunch of business shit for the last month sorry not sorry, this was fun, this was awesome and I really appreciate it, alright team, I'll see you all soon adios, deuces whiskey time
1: peace